Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN AM for Friday, January 26th, 2024. And our top story today, financial tips for the new year. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more are Deborah Radway and Yves Machis from the Arizona State University Cary School of Business. Deborah, Yves, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Nice to be Thank here. You. And, and uh, I'm real excited to, that, look, I love talking to professors and you're, you're in the trenches talking with uh, America's future leaders and students. And, and Deborah, I want to start with you because, you know, this is January. Uh, it's really a, a, a fresh new year and a fresh chance to look at your financial status, where, you're, where you stand. Uh, but I want to ask you, why do people maybe put their head in the sand and, and not look at their, you know, why don't they look at their financial status at the beginning of the year? You know, I think most people avoid it because they think it's going to be stressful. They think that uh, they might be scared at what they see. Maybe they spent too much during the holidays, but they think it's going to be stressful. A little bit like stepping on the scale. Sometimes they don't want to know the reality. What I find, though, is that the unknown is usually more frightening than the known. And when people look at their finances, they get control at where they're at. Um, it usually reduces stress rather than adding stress to their lives. Yeah, really good point. I want to come to you on that. And, and I want to ask specifically about students. And you, you both teach uh, a lot of the students in the, in the Cary School. Uh, I imagine that finance is a big, big topic because it, you know, people want to go to work on Wall Street. They want to work in the financial industry, financial services industry. But any common uh, reasons why students don't themselves want to look at their financial picture? Well, for many of them, you, you can start off with the idea that there's debt, there's student loans. So that's going to be a negative number. And you don't want to look at that first off. And um, in a lot of cases, there's not a lot of income coming in. So there's just enough to meet, you know, make ends meet. So in, in that regard, it's, it's stressful just kind of on the face of it for anybody to say, well, I'm in debt, I'm not making a lot of money. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't want to see what that picture looks like. Um, credit card debt is a significant issue for students as well. So again, probably subconsciously, there's an awareness that things aren't good. So as long as we don't look at the specifics of them, we won't know how not good they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ostrich, uh, head in the sand and, and push aside. It's just going to go away. But Deborah, we, we know that's not the case. And, and I want to ask you about financial literacy. This is a topic that all of us in the industry talk about, and it, it varies region to region in the United States, uh, age demographics. How are we doing uh, where you are in Arizona with, at the Cary School? How are we doing with financial literacy overall? Well, we're trying to make a lot of strides in the area of financial literacy. And most of the students that are taking um, our degree, which is a financial planning degree, are really interested in increasing their financial literacy. But certainly what we see coming into the program is the students don't know much. Actually, that's a lot of the reason why they pick this degree. Their families didn't know much. Um, maybe their families had some financial problems. And so they want to learn. They want to learn how to manage their money. They want to learn how to, um, you know, control their finances better. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of work left to do. And I know Ives is working on an initiative um, that we're doing with the high school. So I, I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go to that eyes. And I want to ask you first to kind of set that up. 
When do people generally start to learn about financial literacy? I think back to my parents instilling something in me. I used to mow the lawn um, and uh, you know take the trash out, so I earned a little bit of a, of a you know allowance. But when do kids these days uh, learn about finance, financial literacy? It varies. I'm, I'm, you're talking about um, financial socialization in the family, and some families are very good about that, and they have an allowance, and they set up some sort of financial responsibility mm -hmm. for their children, and other families don't do that. And so um, then you may or may not run across a financial um, literacy course in high school as part of an economics class or maybe as a separate class. Um, so again, that varies. It varies from state to state and even within states. And then um, some students take that in college and some students don't. And for a lot of adults, financial literacy doesn't become an issue until a financial crisis arises. Or it's possible that there's just no financial literacy going on and um, they just kind of follow the stream of whatever is going on. So in America, financial literacy, literacy scores are low and getting lower. So um, we're not doing a good job with um, our public and our youth as far as um, increasing financial literacy overall as a country. Um, Arizona State is rolling out um, a program where we want to bring financial literacy courses to the high schools and um, make it easy for students to be able to take a course that will get them college credit in addition to the fact that they would be exposed to a broad range of financial um, literacy topics and, you know, hopefully push forward to, um, you know, being a little bit more economically successful. And yeah. I think it's a, an idea. If we can create informed consumers, if we can create people that can self-advocate, not everybody has to be a financial planner, but we have to be able to make good informed decisions, know when to seek help, and financial literacy can accomplish that without, again, having to be overbearing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Deborah, uh, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're talking about more about financial literacy and some of the steps you need to take to get yourself ready for 2024. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast 
Retirement Network. Well, Deborah Ives, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Thank you. Haven't lost, haven't lost a guest yet. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> Maintain that. Haven't lost. You guys didn't jump off. Uh, Ives, let's start off with uh, the first step to financial wellness. You talked about financial literacy. Very important. You got to have the base knowledge at any age. And, and by the way, you got to be a lifetime learner when it comes to this stuff. But what's the first step when it comes to, to financial wellness? Well, I, I, we, we talked about the idea first of establishing a base of financial literacy, and then we really need to set goals. Um, it, it, it's like any other um, any other thing we want to achieve. If we don't know what it is that we're shooting for, then it's going to be really, really difficult to know whether we're going to get there and why we're doing what we're doing. So we want to have a goal of, of building an emergency fund, or we want to have a goal of saving for the future, or to make some sort of a purchase, or a goal to just not be in debt. Whatever those goals might be, we want to um, lay out some goals, and then we can start making a progression towards those financial goals. Yeah, really important. Deborah, I want to talk, I want to start breaking it down. I've made some great points about knowing where you're going to go and then taking the right steps. Let's start, start talking about some of the steps, and it, it helps, Deborah, to break it down monthly. So let's start with January. What, what do I do? January's almost over, unfortunately, but, but what can you do with the remaining time you have in January? Well, I think I think what you want to do is take this in bits and pieces because there's really a lot of activities you have to do to get your financial life in order. So one of the things that we recommend that you do in the first month is take a look at your cash flow. So go back and look at what you spent money on last year, how much income you got in, and see if you got the value that you wanted to get from those spending decisions. And, and make sure that you're not overspending what you're making and what you're bringing in in the year. So January is a great month to just go and do a recap. What did I make? What did I spend? Um, did I overspend? Did I save? And then am I getting value from what I'm spending money on? Yeah, and, and I just want to come to you. Um, one thing that I think people lose sight of is your air and what happens to your money after you pass on because Hey, newsflash, we're, we're all not going to be on the planet forever. Um, let's talk about estates and wills. It's important at any age to know what you have, but also what you're leaving behind and have a plan in place there. Right. And, and estate planning is not just wills. I mean, if we think about the students that we deal with, most of them are not going to deal with issues of mortality real soon. And in fact, they may not have a lot of assets so titling their assets properly maybe all that they need to do although everybody should have a will but um you know we also want to include the idea of powers of attorney mm -hmm. what if i'm not able to make my own decisions um, medically or um, financially we can appoint people to um, make those decisions for us rather than having a court involved or families um arguing with each other and then certainly um, we do want to have a will, especially if there's um, significant assets involved or um, if there's children um, where we need to name a guardian. So all of these documents can be procured for relatively small amounts of money. So, um, again, I think when people hear the word estate planning, they're thinking, oh, I have to go to this really expensive attorney and spend thousands of dollars. And that's just not the case. Yeah. And people don't even think, hey, I don't have a million dollars. I don't have a billion dollars. What does it matter? It does matter because you want to avoid probate and all those other things that happen at the, uh, I guess, at the local level. 
Deborah, unfortunately, we're running we're running short on time, but I want to ask you about tax with taxes. I can't, you know, the federal government, the state government, local government need to get their tax revenue, tax withholding, and tax payment. That's an important part of the uh, the, the the monthly life cycle. Um, yes, and absolutely. That's one of the things that you want to take a look at each year. A good time to take a look at that is around tax time when you're preparing your taxes. Take a look at how much are you spending. Are you getting a refund? So therefore, are you basically loaning money to the government or have you underpaid? And therefore, you might have a penalty. So taking a look at that, um, as people start preparing their taxes in February, March is a great thing to do each year and then adjust your withholdings accordingly. Yep. You got to make sure that what's the W-4 form, right? That's what you have. To, isn't that what the uh, withholding is, a W-4? Is that correct? Uh-huh. I think so. All yeah. right. Got, finally, I got, got one. Got it. Got an answer right. Go ahead, Ives. And I want to jump in really quickly is one one effective way to save is taking advantage of things like an employer um, retirement plan, like a 401k. And this is an area where people can put money away and save on their taxes at the same time. Yeah. I just want to end on something that I think a lot of Americans have a trouble with, including myself, uh, the credit report and the credit score. Ives. Uh, it's really a good time during the year to know. And I think uh, Deborah alluded to this. How much did I spend? Uh, but but also that impacts your credit score, how much debt you carry. It's really important to look at that throughout the year. Well, yes. and, and, and you can do that for free. You can go to annualcreditreport.com and you can pull your credit report from each of the bureaus each year for free. Um, I don't think most people understand that if you have poor credit, you're spending a lot more on everything your house, your cars, your credit cards, everything, than if you get your credit in order. So that, for the average American, that's super important. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? And your credit even impacts how much you might pay on insurance premiums. Um, It Mm -hmm. might affect your ability to be employed. And I think also what a lot of people don't realize is, is how controllable your credit score is because the largest piece of your credit score is whether you pay your bills on time. So um, just establishing a discipline of making payments, and I don't like when people make minimum payments, but at least make the minimum payment and get the payment in there and develop a history of on-time payments, and a credit score is going to improve. Using a little bit less credit card debt and having a lower um, credit utilization rate is going to improve the credit score. So these are things that everybody has within their control to some degree, and an improvement in the credit score can save in all of the areas that Deborah just mentioned. Yeah, uh, really important stuff. And, uh, you know, you just got to chip away. And uh, if you just recognize that you can't know it all when it comes to finance and you're going to be a lifetime learner, it kind of makes it easy on on the mind to uh, know that every month you're going to do something different and chip away at that goal. Well, Deborah, Ives, we're going to have to leave it there. Great talking to you. We look forward to having you both back on the program again very soon. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest. Someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN Weekly. We'll be joined by Jane King at the NASDAQ to help break down markets, give us a look at the week and the week ahead, by the way. And then we'll take a look back at some of our best segments for the week. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes.
Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.